0: Hey, Catalyst crew, welcome to the first episode of Catalyst Corner. It's Thursday, so we have uh, Jim F0123 Art on, and yeah, let's get into it. All right, so we have uh, Jim with us today. How's it going, my friend? Uh, It's going well. How you doing? Uh, You know, another day finally got the uh, studio going yeah looks good looks good yeah yeah we're getting there Um, so yeah Uh, so you know we've been bringing Jim on the daily drop every Thursday we kind of get out there drop off the orders from the store talk to you guys about the business a little bit tell you what's going on in the day to day and you know this is more of a kind of free flow where we can have an actual conversation and talk about kind of pop culture and everything yeah, absolutely. So we'll get into it a little bit. Okay. I, I know we don't have a ton Let, of time, let's but let's do I, it. We might as well. Yeah. So um, t- go ahead. Hit me with the uh, hit me with the Saint Maud a little bit.
1: Yeah. So you know, this is a movie where um, after you after it's finished, you have to actually go back and rethink. Uh, the entire movie over again in your mind and try to figure out exactly what you just watched um so if you know one of these movies where if you don't like it spelled out for you if you don't like to be smacked in the face with the obvious and you have to oh, actually oh, figure it out it right so I, tr-
0: I, I tricked you into watching this i yes. think it was kind of the vibe i was yeah. uh, getting from you earlier okay all right so tell me you know i i dig those type of movies like the witch with the slow burn and everything so
1: so. no it's not that i didn't like it it's it's that it's it's that i'm maybe i was waiting for something else to happen um almost like the witch when it ends
0: right you get kind of black Phillip and and, yeah it's
1: almost like oh it ended Maybe I was expecting something else, or it kind of an abrupt ending, where okay, it didn't it didn't um, end as I anticipated it to. Maybe I didn't really see it coming, so now I've got to rethink what it is that I just watched.
0: So for me, the whole thing with the witch and everything was I really like that sense of dread and kind of the slow burn of it all. And I would say that it Saint Maud is less of a traditional horror flick because it is so rooted in reality and it's it's ultimately mental illness right is really what the i would say the film is about
1: yeah yeah i mean like when she meets up with her with her old um colleague and she mentions about you know getting back into nursing and trouble in you know previous job you don't really get into what that was or what that actually meant so You kind of have to take interpretation of okay clearly this person ran into some difficulties doing something you you got to assume that maybe i I don't know i mean certainly not murdered anybody because she wasn't in jail or they didn't lead lead you to believe she went to jail but something happened where she was in trouble in that profession previously wasn't in that job anymore is now back in that profession but what exactly was she doing um, that was caught that caused her to lose that job in the first place? And it's like, okay, you, you you have to try to read between the lines.
0: So for me, like the, the journey that I kind of went on with that flick and the reason why I recommended it was I believe they marketed it as like an a 24 sort of flick or whatever. And You know, I love all the A24 stuff, right? Like, I'm a huge fan of The Lighthouse. I really like The Witch. Um, Midsommar's in the same kind of vein. I'm not sure if A24 produces that one, but I like that type of stuff. And when I started watching it, the way that the trailers kind of trick you into sitting down to watch it is they do market it as like almost a horror movie with possible you know like maybe possession or demons and things like that and so that's kind of what I expected going into it and then as it started to play out and I kept waiting for kind of something supernatural to happen and then when I kind of about halfway through I kind of realized oh this is more of a story of you know mental illness and religious fanatical kind of religion. And then by the time, you, you know, you, you take the journey and end up where you end up, right? I mean, it's just...
1: Yeah, he, I mean, here's a he has a girl who, you know, wasn't religious and, you know, they make mention that she just found religion recently and then all of a sudden she goes from just finding religion to I can speak to God actually and have conversations and he's he's actually guiding me through voices um you know it's like oh is that what we're is that what we're doing like this this person is divine and she's she's actually hearing the voice of god perhaps or 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 perhaps a demon pretending to be god um and then all of a sudden you realize no i don't that's none of that is actually happening it's that she's hearing just herself in her own head, and she's just crazy. And,
0: you know... Well, right, but, I mean, that that's kind of the whole thing. Yeah, Is yeah. she crazy? Right, and right. then it, that's kind of the tease towards the end of it. it, it what, it's not overtly long. I think it no. probably what is it about an hour and a half? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty short film. Right. So it's you know, it's tight. It's not like it it goes on like that was my whole argument with Midsommar and even Hereditary to a point is it om- they almost feel like they go a little too long yeah. with horror. And that was another issue that I kind of had with uh The Empty Man as well, which mm-hmm. I I really like, but my goodness, did they have a lot to say in that flick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think that um I think that what's happening in a lot of movies and we can get to another movie that's actually very short here in a second. Um, but I think that, you know, Marvel and, and the Batman and some of these other movies, um, you know, they, they're, they're thinking, we have to give you three hours because we want you back in the movie theaters. And so, you know, we have to feel justified in giving you movies that are super long. So you feel like you want to go see it at the movies and feel justified for the money you're paying but in some cases those movies end up being a little bit longer than they need to you get a little bit too much filler and you really could have shortened it and i think that the movie itself would benefit i don't think people would complain at the end of the day when you go you watch some of these movies and and they were shortened you'd be or you they're too long you could say well if they shortened it, I think the movie would be better. So I think that they are trying to make movies three hours now, and I don't think that that's needed.
0: Yeah, and if that is really the intention, it it I think it would have, for me anyway, the opposite effect. Because ultimately, if you're going to... Time is, is the most precious commodity, right? And it's not just going and sitting down at a movie theater for three hours. It's getting to the movie theater getting your seat, sitting down, then after it's over, you got to go back home and everything. And for me, especially with, you know, a longer type of film, I work very hard in getting my setup the way I want it, you know, in my movie watching room, and it's more comfortable than any theater. And so to sit in a theater for three hours where it's sticky and, you know, people are on their cell phones or they're talking and they're it's pulling me out of the movie – as opposed to maybe being at home, being able to pause it. If I want to get up for a minute, if I have to go to the bathroom, I won't miss anything. I don't have to worry about kids talking or being on their phones. You know, that to me is really the selling point. And since we've transitioned from leaving the movie theaters, I mean, I don't need to go back. No, I really don't. Not at all.
1: So no and I think you know with with movies, with books, comic books, what have you, I think that you know what we need to start removing is filler. I think that they th- people are starting to think that making things longer is going to be more beneficial to the bottom line and I and I Only think if you, you have something to say <laughs> yeah and that's what and I think the problem is it's like no, take the filler out, can condense it, to make it where the time, you know, because people like you just said, have limited amount of time and you know, if if they want to see a movie, you know, 2 hours, you can you can fit in what you need in a in a 2 hour movie if you take out a lot of unnecessary filler, unnecessary dialogue that really just doesn't go anywhere. Um I think it's an overall more enjoyable experience if you do it that way. And at least this movie was short and to the point And, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't that need for filler because they were able to get this movie in, in a relatively short amount
0: of time. Right. And I, the other thing about, you know, filler and longer movies in general is I think part of what makes horror such a powerful medium is the longer you spend time with a horror film, the less scary it is because you're explaining more. There's less of that unknown, which is generally what what is the start of the fear and you know, by the time you get to the end of it you have a very clear picture of what's going on. And sometimes what isn't seen is a lot scarier than than what is.
1: Yeah, and I also think that, you know, the, the smart bet is to leave something on the table because you want to have sequels, right? So if you give everything or make a movie too long where you have to give too much away, then you've really ruined the intrigue going forward. And if you, if you leave some of that stuff on the table... And you end the movie I think that is why people would want more and, and because they want to hear more of that story. They they want more detail. And that's why, you know, you used to have, you know, five sequel five, 6, 10, whatever it might be, where nowadays you're not getting those sequels as often as you do because they're trying to fit out, you know, what,
0: what would be, you know, two two to three movies into one movie. I actually think um, No Way Home suffered from that, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I, sure. I, but the thing that kind of messed me up was everyone I talked to told me how amazing and how how awesome the movie was. And then when I finally sat down and watched it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. But I kept thinking, wow, there's so much here. I don't think you're doing it enough justice. It, everything would have hit a lot harder if you had more time.
1: Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I think that much like um, Infinity War and Endgame, where it was basically that was the same movie spread over to where you're, you're telling that portion of the story. I think No Way Home really would have benefited by being broken into two different movies. I think that you could have you you really had so much go on in a, in a shorter amount of time that you didn't have a lot to expand upon in certain elements and certain elements came and went far quicker than they should have and you know especially the villains, right? So they kind of came and went and now you don't have them anymore because either they're dead or they're back to their own universes and there was a lot more story to be told and now you can't where if you kind of broke it into two movies i think you could have given the villains a little bit more screen time each flushed it out a lot better and i think then you could have led on to whatever you know whatever they're going to make for spider-man movies seven eight however many kevin feige thinks he's going to make of these things
0: well, I mean, that's just uh, uh, the only thing I can really imagine is that they did that because the contract was up, right? So that either it's going to get made or it's not. Because otherwise, why on earth would you not make it into two films? Now, have you seen Morbius? I have not. No, neither have I. And I, you know, that one I wouldn't go to no. the theater for. But no. I'm going yeah, to I watch am too. Um, I j- just did watch,
1: though. Let there be carnage which again here is a a short movie right which you know yeah i i i thought that this movie was far worse than venom and i thought venom was a bad movie to begin with um again did i like the way venom looked did i like the way carnage looked sure the aesthetics of the characters were very well done the storylines are trash
0: What's very interesting is generally the films that have good storylines tend to veer so far away from the original character design. And now we finally have something where they've nailed Venom as a character. Yeah. They've nailed Carnage as a character. They did a terrible job casting um, uh, Cletus. Yeah. But the mo- like the whole plot of the movie was... We're free now, we're going to get married, and then we're gonna kill venom.
1: and what what was ridiculous is, and this is and this is this is a trope that I can't stand. Um, you know, what makes carnage more powerful than venom? The answer is nothing. They are pretty much equal. So why did carnage absolutely just destroy venom? And then, when they're back into human form, you know how how is a 60 year old man you know beating somebody with woody harrelson's size beating up on somebody of tom hardy's size right it just doesn't it doesn't look good it doesn't make any sense cuz they would be equally powered but you're also talking about a host that is probably 20 years older than the other host and so right there which which right, doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. any sense
0: so that I thought was foolish. I was, a, I was a very disappointed with the casting for Cletus yeah. because at the end of the day, you know, the CGI is going to be really what make or break the, the symbiotes, right? So we have Cletus. Obviously, when they did the teaser at the end of Venom 1, nobody liked the red wig, right? You can change the casting, You didn't have to go with Woody Harrelson. And I'm not hating on Woody Harrelson. True Detective, amazing. But again, he's an old dude. And either Venom has to be an old dude or Cletus has to be someone in his late 30s or early 40s. Not his 60s, which is what we got. So that was weird he played the character very strangely and the other problem and i think this is the over encompassing issue especially with a character like carnage he's not a pg-13 character he kills people he's a serial killer and you're trying to fit a square shape in a round yeah, hole.
1: and i i think the i think the other real big problem with that this movie suffered from is venom is not a comedy act And you try to make him riff like Spider-Man does. And we have Spider-Man who does that. That's his gimmick. Venom is not somebody that sits there and jokes around and is playing music and cooking breakfast and it's just like you you took everything that's like you, you look at Venom and you look at the you know the CGI of it and say okay that's a really cool character and then when he's speaking and do then it's like no he, that's totally lame like you have destroyed what what looks like a really cool character and made him into a comedy sidekick And it's like, no, that that has nothing to do with what Venom is. And so it just it ruins the aura because this is somebody that you ultimately may want to have go against Spider-Man. I don't I don't know the direction they're heading. Um, Well, they keep teasing it, right? But now but now what are you going to do? You're going to have Spider-Man and and Venom have like a joke off with one another because this is kind of what they do. You know, it's just like.
0: They're making every character Deadpool. Yeah, that's
1: exactly what they're doing. And, you know, and we're going to get Deadpool 2 as well into the MCU. Deadpool no, 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 3. I mean as oh, well oh, as into well. the MCU, right? So what are we going to do? Have Venom and Deadpool and Spider-Man just sit there and tell jokes? Get Star-Lord in there as well? And just everybody just, you know is going to sit there and, and give their best one-liners? Is is that what, you know, Marvel is all about, is who has the best one-liners? I mean...
0: But that's my biggest problem with the direction that all of these films are kind of yeah. going in, is that every single cat. Like, for me, I really enjoyed the Snyderverse cut of Justice oh, League, absolutely. right? And the reason I did is because the Whedon cut felt like a shitty Avengers movie. Yeah. And everybody was making jokes. Batman was making jokes. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Batman is not a character that generally makes jokes. You may get one. And the whole joke of it is, they're so surprised he made a joke, that's why it's funny. Instead, he's quipping through the whole film. And then in, in the Snyder Cut, everyone took their shit seriously because Steppenwolf was a much more credible threat. Right. right. You know, so, the,
1: the, you the know. problem is that they everybody worries about marketing, right? So before, before these Marvel movies and before the DC movies, kids were buying these toys. Like, these toys were selling and they've been selling for my entire life. entire life. I was
0: buying Venom toys right. when so, I was a kid.
1: Right, it so, doesn't matter what... You know, you can have these movies be hard R, not, you know, for nudity or sexual content, but violence, a hard R and you're not going to you're not going to diminish your return on toy sales because the kids are still going to buy the toys because they love these characters and everybody will always love these characters so you don't have to make these into 12-year-old kids having fun on the playground you can have them be serious and you're still going to make as much in toys and t-shirts as you would by
0: doing it the formula that you're currently doing. Right, I mean, right, I mean P- kids are buying Deadpool action figures. Are. Of course they are. Right, I mean, they ha- they. I would even argue that they're buying more of them since the films have right. come out. Right, I mean, again, if you, to,
1: if you have to edit it for TV, so be it, right? I mean, that's the way it is. The way it is. But,
0: right, but the formula should be what they did in No Way Home you can bring matt murdoch in you can have him be light and pg-13 because that's the situation mm. that he's in right and then let him go back to hell's kitchen and have to deal with all the bullshit that makes his show an a mature show yeah. yeah yeah
1: absolutely you know what i mean you know moon knight just finished the The final episode was final episode um, Wednesday. Was, um, Wednesday, you know, okay. and it's and, you know, and, and again, it's, it, it's you. You've taken a character that is an R-rated type of character, you know, truly violent of a character, and you watered it down. You watered it down to fit the MCU formula, and again, yeah, it's easier to do with Moon Knight because he's not an extremely known or popular character, so a lot of people watching don't really have the backstory. They don't really know the character, so they're just going to accept it at face value. But anybody that actually is a fan of Moon Knight, that actually reads the comics... Um,
0: what well, he's closer to Batman.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, they have... It's it's more of you're, you're closer to Batman 66... Than you are the Snyder cut Batman you know this is what the MCU does they they're they're making it more lighthearted and campy because they want to appeal to everybody they want to appeal to men women children you know just just not the fanboys and I get that I get that aspect that you you can't you know pigeonhole yourself to a a small amount of fans but if these fans are seeing this character for the first time, then how do you know that they're not going to accept it if you do it comic accurate?
0: Well, so one of the biggest praises I've I've read about Moon Knight at this point is uh, the depiction of D.I.D. Yeah, they did, a, yeah, great right. job they with did that. a great job with that. Right, and that's awesome. I'm really glad that they were able to kind of give give some light on that and actually portray it in in a respectful and you know accurate way. Now that being said, you can do that and still have the character be true to the you know his origins. He can still be that Batman like figure while suffering from the DID and I think it would even add an extra layer to it because not all not all personalities are sunshine and rainbows. Right,
1: exactly. Right. And I, and I mean yes. This this whatever it was six episodes was more about the disorder than Moon Knight. Like if you if you're looking for a great Moon Knight show, you're not gonna get it. But if, if you're if you want to know about personality disorder and trauma, then they did a very good job with making you understand. Uh, the complexities of it, and, and and what that, especially as a child, um, going through those type of traumas, and what that does to you growing up. Growing
0: up. Now I'm very much assuming that they're going to make more, mm-hmm. right? I'm fine with this being an origin sort of sort of season, and if you want to go as deep into the you know the DID and all of that, but I do want to get to Moon Knight at some point. You know, I really want to see him fighting bad guys and kind of being Moon Knight, and I don't feel like we really got that in
1: the no, show.
0: No, what what you what you got is an
1: explanation of the personalities. You've got to know each personality and what which they has, represent. Which
0: has a which has an origin right. is fine. as an
1: origin. Right. It's fine. Now, origin, now you know all the different personalities and and what they kind of represent. In this one character, and so they've set that up. So now that you know it, now that you know what each represents, um, you know the what is it? The um, the id, the super id, you know that the the three stages there. Like that's the representation, and that's what they've given you. And so now you fully understand it. You know where each character lies, what they represent, what they mean. What, they, what their motivation is. So they've done a great job in explaining the disorder and explaining the personalities and, and getting to understand what they represent going forward. Now, if they're going to do a season two, it's, okay, what's the superhero and what is he going to do? Because he's not really a superhero in this. He's just a personality
0: right which again is is fine as an as the as the origin but so my question is and this is kind of where i'm struggling with marvel as a whole right now is that for me my last real excitement in the mcu was endgame endgame right infinity war and into endgame were very exciting now i've told you this before I really think they did Thanos a disservice by bringing young Thanos back. Yeah. You know? He was a great villain. There were some sympathetic tendencies. And then you kind of take all of that away just so you can have a light version of the the Mad Titan, Mm -hmm. right? And so everything I've seen after this – now, listen, don't get me wrong. I enjoy it all. It's all good. Right. But it's hard to get excited like – I did when we were leading up to this kind of Thanos thing. And I know they're talking about Kang and maybe they're teasing some other stuff. Now, I haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. No,
1: Well, it, officially comes, no, well, it officially comes out
0: tomorrow. Right, right. But they were doing like early screenings yeah. tonight and everything. And so I have, you know, I hear it's good. Yeah, I, I'm hearing mixed bag, hearing mixed
1: to be bag. perfectly honest. I, but honest.
0: The, the, the mixed part that I'm hearing is just to temper your expectations. Yeah. Which mine are tempered, might have been tempered since the end of Endgame. I I don't know where we're going with everything, and what I don't like is if they are going to do Kang. I don't like that. I had to watch Loki to know what's going on. So
1: one of the big things, one of the big things I heard about Doctor Strange is if you haven't watched everything up to this point.
0: Then you're gonna miss things, like like, like everything. Well, so like, here's the thing: when when in, Infinity War came out, mm-hmm. right? It was right after Black Panther, mm-hmm. and it. I know that that didn't have the. That was the only one I hadn't seen at that point. It ultimately, Black Panther's villain, Killmonger, is my one. Of, it's either Thanos or Killmonger as far as MCU villains mm-hmm. go but i just we we weren't able to make it to the movies to see that mm-hmm. before infinity war right. came out and i didn't miss anything i just you know i knew about wakanda so if you hadn't seen it you wouldn't have you know that one scene right. but i don't want to watch doctor strange and then be like what's yeah, going on yeah i mean on? it
1: sounds yeah. from what i've heard from what I've read, because I don't read spoilers, so I, I certainly don't spoil anything for myself. I certainly wouldn't for anybody else either. Um,
0: and if we if we ever discuss spoilers of anything, you know, newer, obviously we've covered a lot of stuff today, but we'll give you a trigger kind of a trigger warning of newer stuff. If you haven't watched Saint Maud, it's three three years old. Like right, you know,
1: yeah. But what what I'm hearing is that the Disney Plus shows are in there. So it's like if you, you know, when, when this whole thing started, right, Kevin Feige said, oh, no, 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 the Dis- you won't have to watch the Disney Plus shows to follow the movies. But that's right. Wrong. It was supposed
0: to be like like Agents right. of Shield, but that, right?
1: That's been proven completely false because everything that's happened on Disney Plus so far has filtered into the movies in some capacity, and are continuing to to filter into the movies. So yeah, yeah, no, you do have to watch the Disney Plus shows because then if you don't, there were going to be things that you don't understand, and and so in Doctor Strange, it sounds like. A lot of things from disney plus especially if you didn't watch wandavision is is going to be in there so again if you didn't watch wandavision you're probably going to not understand a bunch of stuff that happens and you know we we were originally told that wasn't going to be the case we are you know you know now for sure it is the case and that's fine i mean i have no problem with that because they should all be interconnected and it should all count the problem is besides you know the massive amount of content is it's the same cookie cutter formula no matter what movies disney plus it follows the same formula they're all paced the same it's i've got a you know i think this person is an ally they become a, a villain that villain then has equal power to me and then ultimately I win in the end. That that's the formula.
0: And the other thing is is that everyone is generally safe. Very safe. Right? I mean, I think we all knew that something was going to happen to Tony Stark, right? They they were teasing it from Iron Man 2. Like mm-hmm. that that was something we've kind of drawn out for 10 years. Right. And the cap getting old is understandable enough you know you want to give him a happy ending right and and what better ending than that right but everyone else is safe even vision who we thought was an actual casualty of war is back right so there's no consequences
1: no no No. there there are there are zero consequences um i mean there's no and, and that's and that's the problem right i
0: mean but I felt that way in uh, no way home as well. Like I, I like I said, I enjoyed it, but what the scene that was very strange to me was at the end, when Goblin kind of tried to take out, you know, Ramy Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But then he was fine. And it's like, well, why would you even put that yeah, in there? It was then? just
1: a, a shock that, moment for that second, and then you realize he's just, fine. But yeah. just for
0: a second,
1: yeah. The, but he, here's one of the biggest problems Marvel has. You, you, for every one villain that you vanquish, you're adding two or three heroes. So at some point, it's going to be like five to one in favor of heroes. Well, where is there? How can anybody be a real threat? in the marvel universe when there are so many heroes and so few villains like you know if you want to you want to aspire to be a villain in marvel you're going to sit there and say well there's right now 30 avengers that i would have to deal with at simultaneously Well, how am I going to succeed? Yeah, now maybe somebody like Kang, who's a time traveler, who might have an army of aliens that can combat that. Yeah, maybe that person can be successful. But I mean, you're like, you introduce Kingpin, and well, how is Kingpin, if he wants to aspire to be anything more than a ground level criminal mastermind, how is he going to aspire to be anything else? when he doesn't have you know he's got the tracksuit mafia which consists of like maybe five or six thugs and what that that couldn't beat daredevil alone let alone add in 25 to 30 other avengers that can come in and just kick his ass immediately
0: right but i mean you have to figure that kingpin and and villains of that sort of caliber aren't going to be avenger level threats Right. So so in my mind, the only type of threats that you're going to get on an Avenger level have to be cosmic. I mean, at this
1: point, right. The only thing that can be an actual threat is going to be an alien race that has hundreds upon thousands of an army that is going to try to conquer Earth.
0: Right. I mean, I guess you could have doom. Right, Doom could probably be an Avengers-level threat, I would well, say.
1: Yeah, I mean, because he's got some magical powers to him, so that makes him elevated a little bit more. But, I mean, you know, what's what's somebody like a like a yellow jacket, right? Just a guy in an, in a suit, right? Like any Ironmonger or anybody like that. Like it works if you only have one other hero that you're competing against. But right now. What were you you know, which again, like we talked about, right, um suicide squad the the original suicide squad, well, when the enchantress was at full power, yeah, the suicide squad is gonna have difficulty with her, except if you called in Superman and Wonder Woman, she would have been vanquished within five seconds,
0: right, but I think you could even make that arg argument about starro right, i mean he's yeah. he, he is a cosmic level threat, so what what would stop Superman, because it's going to be on the news, what would stop Superman from flying over there and taking no, care nothing. of it? And that's
1: the problem, is that you have, you have these super-powered people that can easily handle a lot of these singular threats.
0: That was my only critique for Suicide Squad 2, is just that I, I still don't understand why they're not utilizing the squad for things the squad is utilized for. Right. You can, any type of corporate corruption, anytime you have to get a, a, a high priority target in and out of an area, assassinations. I would even argue the, uh, the animated film with the get out of hell free card. Um, hell yeah, to pay. I mean, if right? you look
1: at what's going on in real world right now, right? Suicide Squad would be, that would be what you would do to, you could send them in
0: Right. You don't send Superman into that and because that you're starting to talk about, um, you know, if you were to send him into that, that's more like the injustice sort of timeline. Right. Mm -hmm. Where he starts to become the tyrant. No, he's not going to deal with stuff like that.
1: Well, because here again, you're you're what you would be doing is sending in a threat of war. Right. Right. Be sending in like like, a bomb. That's
0: like Like, new. Right. That's like that's like nuking. So
1: that would be a a nuclear powered type of threat that could that could essentially cause World War three. How you how would you defuse that without them knowing about it as you send in the suicide squad
0: to handle it covertly? And that should be the type of missions that they're running because you can still have if you really look at it up until Starro popped up. It was that movie. So I don't understand why we keep going cosmic. With the Suicide Squad villains, because that is not what they're no. doing.
1: What, if you wanted to go Starro, what, what should have happened is he got unleashed at the end, and the movie ended with him being unleashed, and now it's a threat that's too large for the Suicide Squad, and now Starro appears in someone else's movie. Like, say you wanted to... the Say the next movie up was the Green Lantern Corps. Okay, the suicide Squad goes in, and all of a sudden what what they what happens is the Starro gets unleashed. That's not what they knew about. They didn't expect that. But what they did unleashes Starro. That becomes well beyond what they can do. Starro's now a, a big-time cosmic threat, and now the Green Lantern Corps gets called in to handle that. That you could set up.
0: But even if you wanted to use starro only once you could still end it that way and then in the next movie just have superman come and fly through yeah, his or eyeball something like
1: that but you ju- it would it, but once you release starro it becomes beyond what the suicide squad can handle exactly. they would need assistance at that point
0: and the same thing with enchantress right like mm-hmm. that's you can't do these cosmic level threats. You, you can even have the Joker be the best. That was the, the biggest downfall of the first one is you could have the Joker be the villain and the Suicide Squad is ultimately... De- Maybe they went in for the mission to retrieve whatever they had to retrieve and then Joker got in the way. You can have it be that. He doesn't, he doesn't have to always be a Batman villain. He can be enough for the squad to deal with. Joker what we
1: know of the Joker and the way the Joker conducts himself, that he in in and of himself is enough of a threat that the suicide squad would have their hands full dealing with him and may you know, maybe as a couple henchmen, that alone would be enough that the suicide squad they they would be up to their eyeballs and trying to handle it. That's what would make them in that type of movie successful. But once you get to a, a cosmic threat, the Suicide Squad is no longer valuable. They're no longer the asset. Now you got to call in some of these superpowers. And again, if if and when the, these other superheroes find out about it, why would they allow the Suicide Squad to do it on their own? They would certainly come in and assist to make sure they get it taken care of. It, it just, we're starting to really not make any sense in real world, and, and I know it's not real world, I get it, I, I, I understand this is all fantasy, this is all escapism, I'm not trying to say that it needs to be fully, you know, grounded in real world, but, you know, again, if Superman finds out that something like Starro exists, Superman goes over there and he he handles it, it's not... Oh, the su- he finds out the suicide squads there? Ah, they got it. That's that's not how it would actually he work.
0: He doesn't even know the suicide squad exists. That's not even on his no, radar. No,
1: he doesn't. But, you know, again, Superman can certainly find out that information. You know, he has the ability to find that, you know, what's going on. I I think that if something like Starro got unleashed in a city, Superman would find out about it in short order.
0: I agree. And I think I really hope that we can kind of get our footing back with our superhero films because they're obviously around to stay. And I just, it seems like we're starting to get saturated with them again. You know, we had a couple of years where we only got one or two yeah. and now it seems like, what do we have three or four this year?
1: I mean, well, this year, I mean, if you count in, you know, both Marvel and DC you are probably going to have like seven movies or, you know
0: including the tv shows and things yeah you're you're saturating us with films again which is fine you know again i go in it's popcorn it kind of lets you forget i just want the quality to be as high as as we can get it just real quick you know jim's currently working on a self-published comic do you want to give that a little shout out real quick
1: yeah just gonna uh you know working on it working on the uh working on the inking right now I'm hoping to have it all finished and ready for publication in June again this is a like kind of a it's a horror comic um, black and white kind of old time style so if you're into that kind of that old um, again o- old time EC type of horror that they used to put out back in my youth um, then that would be something that I would hope that people might be interested in.
0: And we'll keep you guys updated on that. We'll see if we can get some physical copies available on the store. And I know he's working with some kind of local comic shops as well to get that out to you guys. And it'll also be available on Webtoons when it drops. And we'll have links and everything so you guys can check that out. Um, so tomorrow night, we're going to do the monthly giveaway. Uh, so every month we do a giveaway and this month, we're giving away a four pack of laser engraved coasters. So we'll live stream that tomorrow night. And that'll be the end of uh, the Catalyst Corner number one. Uh, Jim, thank you so much yeah, thanks for, coming for having in. me. All right, guys. Uh, we'll call this a night. And I'll catch you on the next one.